Alice Cooper, how's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. And it is Thursday. It is March 10th. And this episode, this band is called Breathe Atlantis. Their new album Overdrive comes out on March 18th. That's like a week from the release of this episode. And my God, this episode is top 10 material for 2022. But before we jump into the episode, I want to thank our sponsors. First, we're going to go with Phoenix Fitness. So, yep, you know, we're into March. You know, weather's going to start getting warmer for us in the Northern Hemisphere over here pretty soon. And, you know, you might want to, you know, hit the gym if you feel like it, if that's your kind of thing, and get to big buff, yeah, or just, you know, hit those fitness goals and make sure that, you know, you're just basically doing what you want to do and just have a good time and, you know, feel physically fit. I don't really know where I'm going with that, but... One of the best things to do about that is to, you know, prepare right and recover right so that you're consistently be able to go the next day and your body is getting the nutrients needed in order to refuel. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in with many different supplements, such as their pre-workouts to help, you know, get energy and help the muscle pump grow, you know, and get a lot of that stuff going during your workout. They have both Sim and Sim Free products. I use the Sim Free stuff because... I'm crazy enough as it is. They also have different B-cell recovery compounds to drink after workout to help your body and your muscles absorb the nutrients to help rebuild. Protein to help rebuild your muscles with both AM, PM, and directly after your workout blends. Creatine to help build muscle, multivitamins, and literally anything to help achieve your fitness goals Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners get 15% off using the code MSOTDFNXFIT.com. Link in the description below. Our second sponsor is Custom Debut. So what does Custom Debut do? Well, you guys know I love having those crazy posters around, like, my, you know, studio here, or basically this is my living room, I should say. Got my crazy SN Kills one, Rise Against, signed around Iraqi one, signed Rise Against one from the rave here in Milwaukee. But what if I want my own, like, crazy custom poster, let's say, of, you know, Overdrive by Breathe Atlantis? So what I can do is I can go to customdebuse.com, I can type in the name of the band, and I can type in the name of any album from that band or any song from that band, and they will create a custom poster based off that for me. So say it's the album. They'll take the album artwork, put on a poster, and put the track list somewhere on there. And if I like the proof that they send me, hell yeah, I'll take it. If I don't, I'll suggest the changes made, and they'll make as many changes until I'm satisfied. Same thing with the song as well. They'll put the lyrics in a cool way as well. And if you like it, woohoo! If you don't, well, tell them what you want to change, and they'll make that change for you. Then you, when you say yes and you know you're ready to go, you can have that sent to you either on like normal poster paper, you can have it as a canvas print or as a full-on aluminum sign to be the coolest, coolest person in the garage, coolest person in the office, person the coolest poster in their dorm room, basement, record bedroom, whatever it might be, be the coolest, you know, custom music poster you could possibly have. That's where custom debuts comes in. Our listeners and viewers on YouTube get 10. Percent off using the code CPP10 at Custody Abuse website. Links in the description below of the podcast. So thank you, Custody Abuse, and thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now, again, breathe Atlantis. My God. So the best way to preface this episode is we talk about them making the album a lot more, you know, personal, a lot more emotional, how they got through that process. Then we talk about three songs, Overdrive. We talk about changes featuring Nico from Eskimo Callboy. And we talk about Going Down as well, which is a deep track on the album. We go deeply, and it's just so incredible because this is the best way to describe the album. If you're not a fan of the band now, listen to the album. Listen to these singles because this band won me over completely after one listen through this album is top 10 material for 2022 and i'm so excited to be able to talk to nico and jan from breathing last all about this are you guys ready because i am let's go thumbs up to say yeah well 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 ladies and gentlemen boys and girls listeners of the court progression podcast 
Not gonna lie, ever since I got into this whole entire thing with the Rising Empire over in Europe and their whole entire like roster of bands, I've been getting more and more great stuff coming my way. And this one, I'm just gonna be upfront with you. This band, their new album Overdrive, which comes out on March 18th, I already have it on a list for my top 10 albums of 2022. And it's, you know, we're not even one fourth of the way through the year. This album is absolutely incredible. And I'm so excited to be able to talk to the guys all about it. So please welcome Nico and Jan from the band Breathe Atlantis to the podcast. So guys, welcome to Corporate Christian Podcast. Hello. Hello, Hello everybody. Hey, Hello. Everything Lovely is going A-OK over on my end. How's everything going over in Germany today? Uh, yeah, it was very stormy. Um, we, we had so much wind here, so... Um, Everything yeah. was flying away outside and uh, having a rough, having a rough night. Uh, sums it up perfectly. But um, yeah, appreciate it to be here. Um, greetings from Germany, of course, to the U.S. And um, yeah, thanks for the invite. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, oh, you guys are very welcome, especially after being able to dive deep into the album, be able to listen to it, really like pick it apart and try and figure out everything that is to go around there. So when I go through these albums, it's like I go through them as in depth as possible. And usually it takes me a good amount of time to do that. This is probably the one this year that I've gone through the quickest, but it wasn't because I was like trying to rush through it. It was because I was so intensely ingrained in this. I'm like, I was so focused in on this. I was so nice. engulfed in the whole entire thing that I just did not want to stop going through every single song. I didn't want to take a break. It was once and one was over. I'm like, I got to go through the next one again and listen to it like six or seven times to get all my thoughts down on it. And by the time I got to the next one, I'm like, I'm still more excited just to go from one to the next to the next. Like the, I haven't had an album do that for me in a couple of months or maybe like maybe about six months already, but my God, this one completely blew me away. I, I have to say that right away. It completely blew me away. Thank, thank you, you so much, man. <laughs> we're, we're so flattered. Um, thank you. We really appreciate that. I think that is uh, actually the first first ever direct reaction we we uh, we got now because yeah, uh, the, the first interview we're doing about this album. So yeah, it's the premiere. Um, we we never talked about uh, the album before to to anyone outside of the. Uh, let's say like the band circle you know and um of course to the label to 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 our uh partners and um everyone who's working with us but um yeah god damn it that sounds good so uh thank you for that <laughs> i'll say you guys are very welcome and very well deserved for that sort of you know praise as well especially on now i'm like this so uh, just enough of like the preview of it let's just dive deep into this thing because i'm more than yeah. excited to go deep into us <laughs> and I mean, this is going to be your fourth album overall being released. And when it comes to the overall like inspiration behind this album, because when I was going through it, like trying to look at all 10 songs that are on there, there's all some, I kind of found a little bit of a connection through each one of them that was pretty prevalent. And by the time I got to the end, just the emotional connection between each song all fit together to really create something that kind of had this potential like self-empowerment kind of feel to it so when it came to writing this album when it came to the inspiration behind this album what was that inspiration and what was like creating this whole entire thing yeah so basically i think we went through a, a pretty hard time in the last couple of years or uh, especially the last two years uh yeah, we lost like uh, two band members that uh, left the band uh yeah i had um yeah some problems with my voice also doing the recordings and like 
I think every musician in this time, uh, we had lots of struggling uh, with all the pandemic stuff, uh, all the uh, isolation and stuff. And yeah, this album was really, um, yeah, bringing the bands closer together than ever before. It was like we um, focused on our friendship and we really talked for the first time, even though Jan and me, we know each other for like, I don't know, eight years or so. And there was never the point that we, that our friendship got that deep because we never really yeah, spoke about uh, our real, really uh, deepest fears and stuff like that. And yeah, while writing the album, all this came up and especially with the two new members. Uh, yeah, it was like, yeah, really getting together as a family stronger than ever before. And I think this is kind of the feeling that you might have described. It's like, yeah, there were really, really lows uh, in this time, but somehow, yeah, it's, it was a, yeah, a good turning point for us. It was like, yeah, we got the strength to, to, yeah, to get that shit done again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was like, um, yeah, a start of something new. Yeah. Oh, I can easily see where you're coming from there. And it's got to be tough, especially creating something like this that goes that in-depth in terms of your own mental state, in terms of your own emotions as well. Not only with two new members of the band, but really connecting between the two of you together like that after knowing each other for so long. On top of that, again, with your last album coming out in 2019 and everything that's happened between 2019 and you know the release of this in 2022, mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, just all across the world, the pandemic completely changed everything and completely just put us all in a completely different and compromised position through isolation for our mental state as well. And continued, you know, especially from the music scene, continued hope that things were going to come back. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing, you know, live shows that you guys may be playing or from a fan's perspective, live shows that we want to go see. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, now it's being postponed to 2021. Already that's not, okay. Postponed to 2022. Ah, dang it. And then all of a sudden postponed to 2023. It's just that feeling of just yeah. like lost hope is really being overtaken and mm. it really is a huge struggle at that point. But an album like this, I mean, you really dive deep into a lot of those different mindsets, a lot of those different topics, and use it in a way to, I would say, build yourself back up and build yourself up along with the people around you as well so that you become stronger not only as a person, but also stronger for you guys as a band as well. Yeah, that is um, described perfectly. You could be our, our new manager or PR <laughs> PR uh, <laughs> manager, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, that sums it up pr pretty, pretty good because, um, yeah, our third album was released in 2019, um, in February, in early 19. So um, it was a long way to this album. Um, and um, we had so many problems um, uh, besides that pandemic, you know, um, because, yeah, obviously, two, two we have to to get two new members, uh, two, two members left our band, um, which which was kind of okay for us. We 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 separated um, on a on a friendly note and uh, without bad blood. It was just for them. It was time to go to move on to to different um, to different things. And um, but it but it did leave a big hole in our band. You know, like it was just Nico and me who had this this vision left you know to to write music and um to give something to the people which is is yeah honest and true you know um before this album we we i think we did a pretty solid job doing music um and transferring 
um, different emotions to the people. But there was always, I guess, that um, yeah, like a like a white wall between between what we wanted to say and what the people uh, got to hear. Then, because um, yeah, like Nico said, we never talked about. Um, about problems, about our feelings. You know, men are uh, sometimes they're yeah, problematic when it comes to talking about feelings and um, between men or, or friends, it's, it's yeah, you know, you, you stick to what you're used to and not talk about it and said, hey, it's okay. And uh, we, we <laughs> yeah, uh, but we did this time and we wanted to, to do this because um, yeah, they're the pandemics and we said like, okay, Let's take this as the last opportunity to uh, really um, make music that matters, music that transfers a feeling uh, and emotions, and which is which gives you a true feeling of what we wanted to to, to tell you, you know. And um, we, we were not afraid anymore to to speak openly about everything, um, about our fears and phobias and stuff because we said like okay maybe this is our last last chance to to do a good album and um yeah if the people don't dig it it's okay for us then we want to uh go separate ways you know we can then move on finally but let's let's try one last time to to be as honest and as uh, yeah emotional as we can well well thank you yeah. for trying well, i'll say thank you for trying one last time especially on that front because well I don't think it's going to be the last time you guys come out with an album, especially with how insane this thing <laughs> yeah. is. Just, and, and one of the major things I think that really helped you out, especially how you were talking about, was as guys, as men, you know, we don't really talk about our feelings with other people, like our friends or family. Like, we kind of keep that more close to the chest, more inside, just because that's just, that's just the way it's always been. And that's kind of the way, you know, especially as men, we're not as emotionally open at times. And we'd rather, you know, just kind of, okay, you know, everything is going to be fine or like I'll deal with it, with it myself. But the ability for both of you to just start to really talk about the certain emotional issues or emotional problems you might have been having and open up about them. I, I have to say when it comes to the music, when it comes to delivering the messages that you delivered on this album, what that ended up helping out with was you now are able to communicate with each other and t figure out a way to articulate those emotions articulate those stories and those feelings to each other so when it came to writing the music both all with the instrumentals with the vocals with the lyrics and how that vocal pattern all works and together with the cleans and uncleans on all these different songs you're able to tell so many of these great stories to the point where even on the final song on this on this album which i will want to talk to you about a little bit more in depth but just to preface it as i was listening to that song I already was like, had this like, I like pictured music video in my head from the, like I listened to it once, I listened to it a second time. And this music video basically was like coming into my head and just being like pictured like frame for frame, shot for shot with the way the story <laughs> was being told. So when it comes to just being able to articulate that emotion and articulate that message to make sure the audience hits on it, I, I got to make sure I got to scroll down by my notes because I do not want to mess up the name of the song for everybody. It's called Going Down. That was the that was one where I was listening to it and I could visualize everything in an instant. That's how fantastic just the storytelling was within this for getting those emotions out and really be able to articulate that. So being able to do something like that and open up to each other really gave this album this whole entire flowing feel and every song, the storytelling mode from one part to the next was incredible. That's the best way to describe it. It was incredible. 
Crazy. Thank you. Can you maybe write down the plot of the music video so you can have us out <laughs> with the storyline? So. <laughs> oh, one thing we can do is like when we, because I, I want to talk about that song a little more in depth because I will actually yeah, can go yeah. further and like describe the plot to you of the whole music video as we go through. That it. sounds good. <laughs> Let's do this. So, yeah, thank you. Um, I, I guess Nico can tell a bit more about um about this, about um, yeah, how the lyrics came came together on the album. Um, yeah, uh, so to be honest, you yeah, you described it perfectly. It was really the the um, this coming together, this opening up um, to each other, and for me, it was something yeah, very yeah, very special because uh, I always tried um, yeah to write lyrics about. Yeah, maybe um, imaginary stories and stuff like that. But this time it was the first first time uh, where yeah, I really focused. Uh, I, I was really um, yeah, getting to this uh, new kind of emotions that I never like felt before, and it was uh, pretty yeah intense um, to to speak out the truth for the first time to these guys and. After Sorry. <laughs> um, it became easier for me to uh, to write down what was going on on the inside, and um, yeah, for this album we um, also for the first time tried to work with somebody together um, on the lyrics. Um, so I sat down together with uh, Eddie of Imminence. Um, you might know them. Mm -hmm. um, they're on the same label um, and really good friends of ours. And yeah, after I had like the main structure of every song, um, yeah, I had like, it was like, to be, to be honest, like a, a kind of a course where he were yeah, teaching me to, to rethink some parts, to, to yeah, really speak out what you want to say, uh, what's, what's the emotion behind the lines I wrote to that point. And yeah, I think this was um, yeah quite often really yeah new experience for me working together with somebody and once again telling somebody yeah what's uh, really going on inside and not only the, the the guys from the band also to Eddie and um, yeah I think maybe this was the point uh, why it might be easier for people to understand to follow the story and the whole thing that happened to us during this time and yeah that's basically it I understand well, when it comes to working with eddie i think that was a very smart move to just also bring in another perspective for when you're trying to articulate these different emotions and talk about these different things that are more personal to you when you're not necessarily used to doing that what that does is is it takes a little bit further outside of the band, but keeps it within, you know, someone of the band circle with your good friends and yeah. being able to work with them to, you know, properly show that these, these stories and properly talk about these things that you want, that you've been going through. However, being able to do it in a way that people are still going to be able to relate to and connect with, mm. that is such an important thing. And being able to go more in depth with your own personal stories and not potentially talk about, you know, stories that you kind of craft in your head, but like talk about something that really happened, these emotions that really happened. What that does to like for me specifically as a listener is I'm able to understand where you're coming from with this story. 
But even though I didn't go through the exact same thing that I went through as you did, what it allows me to do with the music, with the way the composition is, the lyrics are, the way that the lyrics are not super duper specific, but are not super duper vague, where they're just more metaphorical to tell the story. What they do is, is they allow me to boil everything down to the core emotion behind the song, behind the core theme behind the song, and not put the specifics in there. So that when I listen to it and I try and relate to it, I'm able to put my own experiences into these songs as well and really connect with them on a much more personal level to where the story that I'm connecting with to the song and the story that you're connecting with to the song along with you, Jan, as well, we could all be connecting to these stories in completely different specific ways. But when we go down to that core meaning, that core emotion that the song has, that's Ooh. where everything gets really connected. A great example of this is uh, Bring Me the Horizon 2013 album, Separate Turtle, where you know all the emotional stuff that Ali Sykes put in there, that album was massive and being able to articulate those emotions into the lyrics, into the the vocal patterns, and into the way that all the instrumentals were produced and constructed on that album and constructed on every single song, it allows so many of us to connect with the music on such a deeper level and still connect with you while you're putting your whole entire heart out there. So this album really takes that concept and puts it full force out in front of us. And I think that's going to be the reason why this one's going to hit with fans so, so, so much more than you guys could ever thought was potentially possible before working on this album. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. I can remember that even one song was actually uh, named um, Angel. You know, it was, uh, you, you, the, the chorus was something like, you, you're my angel, you know. And uh, that song, I don't want to say which song it was, but we took that song and we wanted to... to um, to work on that song specifically and to have a feature on that. So we took that song and um, we, we, we are flying over to Sweden and we worked there with Eddie Berg and uh, with, um, with Harald, which is uh, who is the guitarist of Imminence. And um, yeah, that song was about, uh, about an angel and a relationship between two people. And you, you know what I mean? And, you know, the weather there was very cold. It was very dark and cloudy and, um, yeah, a bit foggy, I guess it was too. And we had a walk um, and there was nothing. There was just a, a, yeah, a field, you know, just grass and, and woods. And you walk there and we, we talked about the lyrics um, with, with Eddie on that walk with his, with his, he took his dogs with, with him, you know, and, we came back 20 minutes later with a, a totally different song because we talked about, okay, what do we want to say? Do we really want to sing, you're my angel? Is that what we want to say in that song? Or is that what the feeling of the song is? No, it, it's not. So we, we changed the mood. And of course, um, the environment where we were, uh, the, yeah, was... was um, was yeah flowing into that feeling you know um why we changed the song but yeah after after that session it was savior you know i can't be your savior um because that made made so much more sense to us and it was so much more yeah relatable to our feelings but it needed a different person you know, you can reflect your emotions on. It's like when you have two persons and you, you talk about your feelings, that person becomes a mirror of your feelings and it reflects what you feel and if, if, if your feelings are right or not. 
and yeah, needed just a 20 minute walk with the dogs outside in cloudy <laughs> Sweden to change the mood of you're my angel into I can't be your savior. So <laughs> maybe that is, is a, a, a nice little point why, uh, yeah, the people might might dig more into our new music or in, into the new style and, and the new lyrics a bit more. Yeah. yeah. And I think we really learned how to, to focus on especially writing lyrics. Um, yeah. Eddie really yeah, brought us to this point, how to get yourself uh, yeah, mind focused, uh, improving everything to the, to the maximum, no <laughs> compromise. <laughs> and all yeah, these things yeah. were like, uh, yeah, yeah, happened in the Swedish fields out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, an experience I think uh, both of us uh, don't want to miss. So, yeah. You just need a gloomy Swedish day and a 20 minute walk with the dogs to just completely let the environment influence what your emotions were going through and letting that come yeah. out to be a little bit more powerful to change the song going from You're My Angel to I Can't Be Your Savior. And I honestly think that, you know, that change, especially if you're listening to Savior, that change was one hell of a fantastic change because when it comes to the kind of style that Savior really brings forward, I think a lot of people, especially after what we had gone through during the pandemic and specifically over here in the U.S. with the, the political division that we had seen, of course, in 2020 and we continue to see today with people being you know, more distant from others and, pe and relationships being shattered based on those political thoughts and those political mindsets just the way that the song is written, the way the song is pumped, like given to us and is uh, presented to us, it really hits on a lot of those emotions from an American audience standpoint mm. of this division of this, you know, you know, if there's so much division that at times, you know, we just can't save. It's like, I can't be your savior. I can't be that person that you always go back to after so many different, you know, destructive things that have happened based off of yeah. either potentially my, the actions of myself or the action of that person as well. That is quite interesting. Um, yeah, to hear that from from an from an American person, you know, um, because of course we we, we have we haven't seen that pers um, perspective yet. Of course, like to see it that way. But yeah, it's it's very interesting, and um, that's actually what we wanted to say that you you can't always be that person who can save someone else you know it it's not actually meant um only for a relationship for a lovely relationship you know what i mean it's it can be so much more it can be a relationship between friends or uh, a father to his son or even a son to to his grandfather or whatever that um there are so many possibilities to to look onto this song and say hey okay it's okay that you can't uh, help someone else right now because you have to to help yourself first you know so yeah yeah Crazy. and just it, it's 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 always interesting to see you know especially from your perspective well, and then from a perspective especially in this case as well where you're coming from a completely different part of the world a completely different culture than where i'm coming from as well but again seeing just where that connection is being made in terms of where the song really comes down to where that core emotion, that core meaning and seeing how our specifics differ. But then when we are able to connect with the song, it still matches up in that way. That's just, that's just the uh, hallmark of a, of a great song and hallmark of great songwriting right there. Nice. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> oh, you're, you're very welcome. There are a couple songs I do want to go into. I'm like, cause again, bringing up like with stuff, a savior, like when I said I was going to go mm. deep into this stuff, like I, I did not miss out on anything. 
And okay. the first song I want to talk about, though, with you guys is the titular song on this uh, album, Overdrive. And the reason being behind that is because when I was going through this album, like I knew this was one of the singles. After I listened to it, I started sending this song to as many people as I possibly could. Because I'm like, you have to take a <laughs> listen to this. Something about this hit. And when it comes to actually getting a little bit like emotional personally when listening through these songs... This was the one that just hit me completely differently in an emotional way with Overdrive. So when it comes to Overdrive, first question I want to know about is what was the overall inspiration and meaning behind this song? And where did you guys come from it when you were writing it? Yeah, first, thanks, Kevin, for for sharing the song to, to everybody, you know, um, <laughs> that really helps us a lot because, uh, yeah, we need everyone to get into our music. <laughs> um, overdrive overdrive um it, it's it is with a reason the the title track of the album of course um when we started writing uh for that album like really two years ago almost um we tried to get a vision of what we wanted to do um with the artwork with uh our um our promotion and stuff of course then uh, what we wanted to say what our core values um, are as a band and what we wanted to, to, to personally give away to the fans, you know? And um, we, we came to, to that, that feeling um, where, where there are two, two separate parts in your brain and they're both fighting with each other, you know? Um, and that can be very different for, for, for each person, you know? Um, overdrive is, is for me is a feeling that um, I get when, um, for example, I, I have a problem to um, to separate yeah feelings between myself and another person. If another person gets hurt, I take that hurt on me, you know. So I mirror that that person that person's emotions. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's not easy to describe because uh, for every person, it's it's different what an overdrive is, what the what the overdrive feeling is, you know. But it's it's the result that one side of your brain says it's 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 not good to to feel that, and and you're you're hurting yourself. But the other side is saying it's necessary to do that to to survive, to keep to just keep doing, you know, what you do. So that is the overdrive situation in your brain where two parts fight. Uh, against each other, and uh, the one is trying to the one is trying to heal you. The the other one is trying to destroy you or to keep you in your in your boundaries, in your emotional state. You know, and you can't break out of that. So for me, it's like I I, I reflect feelings from other persons on me. You know, a lot of times, uh, especially in love relationships. And um, yeah, for Nico, it's a different situation. Uh, Maybe he wants to say something about his overdrive. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was, uh, I had a pretty long time in my life where, um, yeah, I had pretty, pretty mad nightmares. And it's, it's something, I mean, if you uh, once had something like this, it's, uh, you, you like wake up in our, and you really still feel what happened in this, in this dream and it's uh, haunting you for the rest of the day. Um, but if you have it like several times and like yet yeah, day by day, then sometimes it's yeah really really hard for you to to separate maybe some things 
from the rest of the reality. And sometimes it's, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pain in the ass, really. And um, yeah, I, um, yeah, for God's sake, I, I some, somehow overcame it with, with time, but uh, I never really spoke to the guys about it. And this is something that, yeah, influences sometimes um, yeah, your emotions uh, the rest of the day, how you interact with people maybe sometimes because, yeah, you, yeah, you, you're just stuck to this kind of thing that happened in the night where you can't do anything against it. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, this was kind of my overdrive. The one thing that let me go really crazy and that was kind of the, the dark side of myself that I couldn't control and this is what we wanted to yeah to to focus on so this is our um definition of what is an overdrive so it's it's something that really gets you um yeah to the deepest parts of your soul um and yeah at the same time it's something that is a part of you so you can't separate it it's like uh, yeah you have to the duality maybe accept yeah. it you have to um to yeah, just to overcome it. I don't know how just to really, really say it. It's like you um, first have to speak about this. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, what we then, do. <laughs> it was our therapy somehow. So, I guess you wanted to to say that that um, every person has something like an overdrive. At least we think that you know. For some people, it's it's buried deep inside, and they w would never ever speak about that. <laughs> for for some other people, it's it's more more obvious that they have something like an overdrive thing. You know, it's nothing really medical, but um, you know, it's it's feeling and um, yeah, it's that was yeah, yeah, it is. No, absolutely. It's like it's kind of taking a look at like with both of your stories, while we're yeah, we're related to how Nico, how you wrote this as well. A lot of this has to deal with just this potential like inner battle or inner turmoil that you're having within your brain where you've got one side that is focused on, you know, something, but this other side that's trying to potentially go against that with you. Yeah. When you're talking about, you know, being as empathetic as possible and feeling the pain for others, but potentially, you know, knowing that it's a good to understand, it, but not be, you know, holistically trying to feel as much pain for those people as possible and forget about yourself in that same point as well. And then you, Nico, with what the story with, you know, the, the nightmares that you were having where it came to just how this one side of your brain was creating something for you while you were sleeping. And then all of a sudden having to deal with that as, you know, once you were awake and trying to deal with the battle between both of those sides. For me, like I kind of took something very similar to that as well, where I like to kind of like, you know, if the questions, if we have to live inside and live controlled by the demons of our mind and basically using the lyrics on this one wait for our black parade to come and take us away for good. And I love the use of the word black parade in there. Cause I'm like, you know, <laughs> any emo kids going to know exactly where that came from and what the meaning behind yeah. that is. And I looked at this yeah. also as a song that then takes that and builds us up to break away from those demons and the devil that lives inside us preventing us from our happiness. It is us taking our self power into action and taking down the demons and the built up hate from the inside of us. And for myself, like I went through something like in 2017 where just the way that life had gone for me, like life had completely changed from the beginning of the year to halfway through the year where, where I thought I was going to be and what I thought I wanted in life. I, I had no idea what I wanted to remember because my idea that I initially had for life was something that I hated. 
and I didn't know if I could make that change. Everything was kind of crumbling around me and I just wasn't dealing with it very well. So there was a lot of different things for depression, anxiety, anything that was trying to overtake any sort of potential happiness from me and having to deal with that on mm-hmm. a consistent basis to an opposite from Nico said nightmares. I couldn't sleep. Like there was no mm-hmm. sleep in having like three hours a night was, was like a oh, lot at, at that time. So yeah. having to find a way to overcome that, when a lot of people didn't even know what I was going through because if I ever brought it up to some people, it was like, okay, you know, subject quickly changed to whatever they were doing. And it's because I'm mm-hmm. all, everyone looks at me as like, oh, Kevin will be okay. No big deal. So yeah. having to really build up the strength within my own self to defeat that and find something to defeat that with was incredibly powerful. And I think one of the biggest reasons why I kind of got a little bit emotional while listening to this song was because with that story, the end result of that story is what we're doing right now. Like the thing that I found out about that what, from that whole entire period of time was trying to defeat that. I got to find something that I love to do and I got to find something I'm passionate about. And it all led to literally this right here. That is crazy to hear. Thanks for sharing, sharing your story. Um, yeah, it's, there's a word, it's uh, identity crisis. You know, it's like you lose, you lose track of what you want to really want to do and who you are or, who you want to become um and um yeah it's so so hard to to speak about this you know i i actually struggle to uh, again speak about this although i spoke to to nico and to the band about exactly that same theme uh, like one and a half years ago when we started writing the the overdrive song and uh, it's still hard to open up, you know. And w- when there's especially people who say like, "Ah, you come on, just just get some sleep, it will get better," or um, you know, <sighs> life is hard sometimes. You know these these typical sentences you you get when you say like, ah, "I I can't feel something's wrong, maybe here I can't sleep, and I, I get the feeling um, something's not okay inside of me," and uh, they they come with all these bad quotes, you know, like yeah. these life life quotes. And uh, yeah, that totally sucks. You know, it's just like, it would help to just, like I said, to 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 listen, you know, to reflect, to, to ask questions, you know, what do you want to say? What do, what do you feel actually? And, you know, with talking about that, it's, it's yeah, the therapy starts, you know, the, the healing process starts and uh, yeah. Can relate to that, Kevin. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I'm glad you guys shared your stories with this as well, because when listening to this song, again, I got to dive a little bit deeper, like the construction behind this as well, because one thing that this song, I mean, that really took me by just absolute, just no shock and force, just as like a, oh my God, this is incredible. Along with pretty much every single song was just how it was written to tell this story. And looking at the verse, I got to look at my notes on this because I love the style. It shines brightly with like the drumming pattern is consistent, fast pace, but also on beat feel. The guitars are heavier, somewhat of a melodic pacing to really take charge of the emotions of kind of like living with your demons for far too long. However, when it came to the instrumentals, that's when I kind of looked at more of like, you know, as an accent to what the Nico's vocals were doing, because you, Nico, you went unclean and your unclean vocals both sound kind of vindictive and desperate at the same time vindictive to break from those demons that have held you down from the inside in your own head, but also desperate to also not let them win because it's kind of like a battle. And it was a powerful piece of music as I put it, because I find nothing but beauty in the entire thing. It shows that will and that struggle to beat the demons and break down the walls that you built up inside. It just shows that that mixed emotions of both, you know, I need to beat this, but I'm not sure if I can. 
Then all of a sudden, you know, the pre-chorus comes in. They kind of get Israel slightly slow up a little bit, kind of like from what we saw in the verses. But they're more consistently flowing at this point to show the buildup of something coming in. And I love the buildup, especially the way the drums are building into the chorus. I'm excited to see where this goes. Then you get Nico's vocals on these pre-chorus. I know I'm going off a little bit, but this is just so cool. I can't help myself. The vocals <laughs> go clean and have a little bit more of this straightforward feel to them to set up for this emotional chorus. But the end of the pre-chorus is where this really stands out because to take into the chorus, those clean vocals are accented by these uncleans to show the anger and pain that the demon side of you have caused and the desperation to clear them before they fully take over. I, it just took me by surprise. But then we got to the chorus. This is the part where I kind of got emotional because the you kind of take that pre-chorus instrumental and up the pitch just slightly to really amp up the emotion of breaking down those demons, breaking down the walls it caused and killing the devil inside. But also, again, that's because you're not sure if you're able to do this. And it did get me emotional, but then the vocals on top of that it kind of took me to different places as well because you took those cleans from the pre-chorus and the same pace, but you upped the pitch and kind of like just uh, you upped the pitch, you just made it a little bit more impactful to show more of that desperation motion yeah. to break those demons, but it keeps going until you kind of close it with the uncleans. And I got I got emotionally fully when listening to this. It shows that desperation to break down those walls and those through those demons to take control of your life when things are trying to keep you down. It speaks to that desperation of us trying to get to that mental freedom. And it, it just shows so much that, especially for anyone that's gone through something like that, where you're constantly at war within yourself and you're not sure what to do. And like, you're not sure if anyone can really help you out. It kind of feels like you're on your own. You need to build up that strength to be able to do it. But you're, you know, the vocals and the way the HMLs are put into building up that chorus, it still shows that desperation that you're not necessarily sure if you're able to pull it off. Then you build up in the bridge and that breakdown though, it takes that like vindictive, desperate like feel to this like vindictive, confident feel like those demons that you have, it takes that desperation, turns into confidence that you're going to be able to beat that. So it shows this whole arc of the story from having this anger, but having this like desperation behind it to really being more of this emotionally desperate thing to just try and break free from this, but then building up this confidence to finally break from that, from your own like inner mental state storytelling on this, the way it's constructed, my God, this is why I sent this to so many people after I heard it. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. It's, it's, it's fantastic to hear that you really like uh, heard this kind of emotions, especially on the vocals, because uh, when it came, uh, it came to recording those, uh, it was like um, we had this whole process of uh, talking about our feelings, talking about emotions, opening up, um, then um, yeah, the teaching course <laughs> together with Eddie, the, the focusing on what you really want to say with those lyrics. And after that, um, everything like came together. So we, we had this kind of feeling that we first needed to describe, then put it into words that were like fitting perfect to it. But the recorded course itself was like the next step uh, that we had to take. And especially like the right now or in, in this uh, in the studio like um yeah bringing all the things that are in your head into your voice and this was uh, kind of yeah hard for me at the beginning i don't know especially for overdrive it was like the the first first song we recorded for the album and um yeah the i don't know how many takes we we we, we did and we tried really to find um yeah to, to get those emotions out of myself. And it was, it was uh, yeah, pretty hard for me. 
um, to, to to scream it out, this this burn, burn, burn it down. It, like it really had to be to be truly there in your in your head while while screaming it. And yeah, it was a pretty <laughs> pretty in, in, in intense um, experience. I, I remember. Um, like at the end of this recording session, I just lay down on the ground and we're like, oh, guys, are we finished? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking done. And it's, uh, yeah, the guys were just, yeah, man, good job at the end of the day. So, yeah, pretty, pretty intense, the whole thing, the whole process. Yeah, I can remember massaging your, your, your back, you know, <laughs> your neck here, because Nico was, after the first recording session, Nico was so stiff in his neck muscles from, from yelling and screaming and saying that, um, that he was, yeah, he had pain, like, like had headache and everything, you know? And I said like, gosh, how, how should we move on to, to, to recording the, the other songs, you know, he, he's done after one song, you know? And, um, yeah, that, that was, that, that was a very hard time, I guess, I guess for Nico, because he was struggling to, to, um, to keep his, his voice healthy. But on the other side, he wanted to, to put all these emotions into his voice and into the screams. And you know what? I, I mean, you, you can't do that with, with te technique. You can't record no, no. the vocals with technique. You really have to, to, to yell it out. And, um, that is something I guess uh, Spencer Sotelo said from Periphery once. Um, he, he has a very good technique when it comes to singing and screaming live, but he said something like, if you're in the studio um, or if he is in the studio, he doesn't care if his voice gets damaged for one or two days just to get the right take out of it. You know, you, you can't do that with technique. You can't deliver the emotions with that. So, yeah. It, it was pretty hard, you know, I, I thought about like, okay, how long will this take <laughs> to record the full <laughs> album and how much money we're going to waste on, on days where we can just record one hour with Nico and then, yeah, we, we have to pause again. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah but man, to be honest, to, to express pain, sometimes it needs hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, to express that pain, it's like you're feeling it at that moment as well. So you're kind of more tapped into the overall emotion because that's what you're feeling at that moment. And with Overdrive, especially with how much if you put into that through the recording process, the emotional taxing feel and the physical, you know, pain that you ended up having to feel with your voice, with your neck muscle being so stiff. You're seeing like, you know, now you're seeing, especially because the song's been out for a, a while, you're seeing the reaction, you're seeing the connection to it. I remember I was looking at some of the comments on the video as well, and also I'm like, I'm seeing, okay, I was expecting Nico to scream like that, but that was like something that I can't believe actually happened. This was well worth it. And I'm looking at like, yeah, that, that comment is absolutely right. Like just the way that it's presented. And yes, it is tough. And yes, it is tough to, you know, process those emotions and really put those out in the vocals. But what you did on Overdrive, along with the instrumental backing, just really creates that whole story, that whole emotional feel to where that like the just this vindictive, but also desperate energy that is in there. And then that desperation turning to confidence for the bridge and the breakdown as well to break through those demons. I mean, you put everything into this, especially from that. Story. You put everything into this. And when you put so much into it, I mean, we're feeling the emotion. We're feeling that connection to ourselves to where we can put our own stories in there and have the emotion be just as powerful. And it works. I mean, 
again, nice. songs really don't like, there's some songs that really don't make me like barely ever make me emotional. But when I got to the chorus on this one, something hit me in a different way. And I knew there was something special about it right from the get go. Nice. So we, we did nice. choose a good first single, right? I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. Did. Um, yeah. With that, um, song i think the the uh, the first stone was set for the album you know so that that we went from overdrive to to then um record the other songs you know and it was set in stone that the album will will be called overdrive you know that this will be the title track because everything every other song yeah surrounds overdrive so surrounds this song you know um it's not actually a concept album but we, we we could see some connections between the songs, between the meanings, you know, that everything is kind of yeah, surrounding that theme of overdrive. Um so yeah, it was it was a nice, nice trip we went on um with that album because we we just let it let it a bit more flow, you know. We we had nothing really in mind when we started writing that album. Um, before we had, uh, I think the first one was, was, yeah, it was a concept album, but even native speakers of the English language couldn't, couldn't understand what we wanted to say because that it was so metaphoric, you know, um, the lyrics were so, so, um, yeah, uneasy to understand. Um, that that even yeah English people or Americans ask us so what do you actually mean what do you want to say with that lyrics you know and, <laughs> uh, yeah so so we we evolved from that and um, yeah the approach this time was just to to say whatever we want to say whatever we want to to write you know so yeah overdrive was was the, was the first stone for the album. And it set up the rest of the album incredible. Well. And one of the other singles I do want to bring up as well, because this one just, it, it also speaks to not only the storytelling and the songwriting process, but it also speaks to, because there are two features on this album, and it just speaks to how you guys use these features, but how you use them with the fullest amount of capacity that you could to make it just stand out as powerful as possible. And the one I want to reference is Changes, which features Nico from Eskimo Cowboy, because all of a sudden, when I saw that, I'm like, ooh, Eskimo Cowboy, oh boy. Because I mean, everything that's been going on with them, with We Got the Moves and Pump, I'm just like, oh, this is going to be fun. And then I listen to the song, and I'm like, okay, with Nico from Eskimo Cowboy, I wasn't expecting that, but I'm much happier that I got that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds crazy. <laughs> like it, like it was nuts. So when it comes to like the feature with with Nico from Eskimo Cowboy on this song as well, what was it like, especially writing changes and then also bringing Nico in for that feature as well and using him to what I'd say is the fullest capacity possible? Because you guys did not skip out on anything with a feature. Like he was fully in, like ingratiating the song as much yeah. as you know. This was this was like when it came to vocals. This was the Nico and Nico show. Like there were it was Nico <laughs> squared on this thing, and it was awesome. So I got to know more about it, man. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, yeah, we know Nico for uh, um, yeah, I think some years. Um, we toured um, before with a band. He was. Um, yeah, starting with it's called To the Rats and Wolves. And we were on tour with them, like, I think two times, Jan? Yeah, it was two times at least. We toured a yeah. lot. 
<laughs> yeah, we toured a lot. We, we drank a lot of beer. We had pretty good times together. And yeah, it was like uh, clear for us that um, uh, Nico um, would be a pretty good choice for a feature. Um, we always wanted to do something creative together. So yeah, that one was a pretty good chance for doing this. And um, yeah, to be honest, um, yeah, we had like uh, only one day for the studio uh, plans together with them. Um, because the guys must keep color were also recording and writing stuff um, uh, all, all the week through. And yeah, there was like one day, I think we planned eight hours or something. <laughs> and the first four hours we were only talking shit, talking about what happened in the last few months, uh, <laughs> drinking a lot of beer, having a good time. And it was such a nice recording process, to be honest. <laughs> because, you know... <laughs> It's it's uh, it's you getting together with your friends, um, um, and it's just having a good time. And um, yeah, because of the whole pandemic shit going on, um, we um, hadn't seen each other for yeah re a really long time. So there was a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> and yeah, after I think it was like four hours, or so I was like, um, yeah, checking out um, uh, the clock, and it was like. Okay, dudes, <laughs> we really have to get this shit done because uh, there was no other other day left, um, and it was like, okay, let's let's get this shit done. And I don't know what happened in the in the last four hours, but it was like the <laughs> most productive shit I've ever <laughs> ever seen. We really, really like, um, yeah, focused on on the lyrics once again. Um, I really, um, yeah try to get in the same mood together with Nico. We were like, yeah, really focusing on what we want to say once again. Um, I think we, we, we wrote the whole chorus. So, so the chorus was like uh, a bit different before we changed like the whole vocal line. And Nico also recorded all the tracks that are now finally on the album and everything like in four hours, like writing, um, and I think we we listened to the whole album like, too because we were like, okay, maybe there's another song that uh, could also fit. <laughs> so it was like it was like really really crazy and uh, you know, one of the, the nicest recording experiences I had. And yeah, <laughs> unfortunately there was uh, no much time left for uh, yeah uh, going out afterwards and drinking some more beer. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was a uh, yeah, pretty pretty nice process once again. <laughs> well, when the process starts out with you spending half the recording session drinking beer, telling stories, and shooting the shit and catching up, I mean, how is that not going to be a good yeah. recording time? But then all of a sudden, you get like this, like into this different mode for the next four hours, where it's we're going to be yeah. as super productive as possible. You end up changing around the chorus with the with the way the lyrics are. And then having Nico also like record all the stuff that you needed from him there and being on, being on the same page, being able to match the emotion, both your vocals and his vocals and being able to mix those both into the song together to make them, to make the sound song as full as possible. It, I mean, cause I had, I was watching the music video for this kind of like, just to see, okay, where are the vocals going to come in? Like, where's Nico's vote, where are your vocals coming? Where's other Nico's vocals going to come in and just seeing how evenly distributed they were and how they brought out both the same story, but just in a little bit of a different tone. It just, mm. I don't know what it, what it really did, but for me, when I kind of was connecting to the theme, it just shows that 
whatever like what the theme was at the core of the song between both your vocals and other Nico's vocals. I'm gonna say other Nico because but yeah, I kind of I kind of <laughs> like that right now. <laughs> what it showed was that you know this isn't an like the the theme is not an isolated incident. The theme is something that so many other people go through, and being able to hear two voices say it is a lot more powerful than one at this point. Because it shows more, you know, potential community that other people have gone through this, that you're not the only one who have gone through this. And if you do need to reach out to somebody and talk about these certain things with somebody, that there are people out there, there are a lot of people out there that have gone through something similar and are going to understand the emotions and have that sort of sympathy and be able to feel empathetic towards that situation. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And it was like also um, for Nico, uh, yeah, a completely new way of presenting himself maybe because a lot of people um yeah like uh talked to us and were like nico sounds so different to ask him a cowboy there every everyone really really likes it and um yeah but everyone was wondering what did you do to him <laughs> his, his voice was like so so rough and um yeah like a really um, um yeah another tone and i think it was uh Maybe that's uh, why we were so productive in this like short period of time because they were like, um, yeah, it was like a, a safe space for us. We could do what we want once again, like started with overdrive. And for Nico, maybe, um, yeah, it was also um, a chance to like, um, yeah, find something that fits to our music. And it was like, I think for him, a bit different than working uh, for his own project and yeah i i really really hope uh, it was a good experience for him too <laughs> i would have to guess that it was because it's of course listen to the song that he's done with eskimo cowboy i'm gonna reference you know hype a hype but we got the moves and of course pump it it's hearing him on those tracks it's there's a there's a lot more lighthearted there's a lot more just fun flowing free feeling kind yeah. of sound to it so it's got this like real happy positive energy but then all of a sudden I was listening to changes and like listening to his vocals on there. And this is my thought mm. process after I got done with it. I thought if Eskimo Cowboy ever decides to make something that has more of that serious tone to it and they have Nico's vocals on, I'm like, there is something here that's just going to stand out just as well with the power of it. And the coolest part about it is, is you guys are the ones that are able to bring that out and show that. Because I was even looking at some of the uh, comments as well for that video, and it was like, Nico was the one that brought me here. You're a guy, you guys were the ones that kept me staying here. I'm just like, that actually sounds like a very good thing for like, you know, I forgot how many views were on that video. I'm like, but probably like, you know, 90% of people like at first, like, oh, Eskimo called by Nico. Woo! And all of a sudden, it's like, at the end of it. Yeah. Yep. It's He brought us here for this video, and now we're staying for the rest of the album because yikes this was good <laughs> yeah we're so lucky to have nico on that song um and of course that so many uh eskimo cowboy fans did check us out um yeah means the world to us of course and uh they're so lovely fans eskimo cowboy has so much so many lovely fans really they they have such a solid fan base here over in europe and a growing fan base in america and the us and Canada. yeah uh on on the on the full world um and for for us it, it was it it didn't even feel like a feature to be honest you know like uh, on this album we have two friends on on two tracks you know what i mean so it's it's not actually a real yeah 
feature which which is um, a feature today. Um, many bands use use features for yeah, of course for promotion. You know what I mean. And of course uh, that that feature with Nico gave us a big um, outlet to to many new fans. You know, but that was was not actually our intention to in the first place. You know, we just. We just wanted to have, yeah, one or two good friends uh, from different, from, from all the bands on that album, you know, and it was, we never thought about um, buying an, an, uh, a feature, you know, from, from a, like maybe a bigger artist, you know, like from other bands, because um, sometimes it, it doesn't feel tr so true, you know, to the listener, or it, it doesn't give you so much value, and it's it's a it's a weird relationship between the feature artist and the band, you know, when there's flowing money be between two sides. And um, yeah, in the end, we, we just wanted to have two friends who we trust uh, very deeply and who really enjoyed doing doing features on, on the album because they felt sa safe, you know, like with Eddie, it's with Eddie, it was his first ever feature, you know, and he even put his violin track on on that song you know so he never did a feature before you know and that's a big thing for uh yeah and an up and coming uh and growing artist to do a feature for a smaller band who uh yeah whose reputation is not built fully you know it, it could be a sh shitty song and that feature artist yeah is gets a bad reputation maybe or something but um yeah they both felt felt super super productive and great with us and uh yeah especially with nico it was he said to me that that he had so much fun um in the recording process because yeah like nico said he was doing something very differently to um yeah what he's doing with eskimo cowboy you know it it, it was going to old going back to old days for for nico because in his old band he was singing that um yeah a bit more high pitched a, a bit like he was doing that staccato thing or or you know many different rock styles um but with, with eskimo of course he, he can't do all, everything he he has to offer in his voice you know so yeah super glad to have him and and like not only with nico and but like just the two like with those two features that you worked with Again, look at the stories that you told when it came to Eddie, being able to work with him and talk with him about a lot of these certain things and being able to open up about the emotions that you're having to allow that to really foster into what this album had become, especially with something like Overdrive and then bringing him on as a feature as well. You're bringing in someone for a feature that is closely connected to the band that is that is helping make this album what it is based off of just the emotion and bringing, being able to help you guys bring that out. So even, and with his first feature on that as well, cause I was listening to it and I was looking at, and even that one, I'm like, okay, these guys know how to use features. They know how to use features, right? Because listening to Eddie on that track, I'm like, this is bringing a whole nother like type of heaviness to this track that I absolutely love. And then of course the story that you just told about with Nico where, you know, eight hours in the recording through the first four hours, just shooting the shit and drinking beer and having a good time. And then you guys just get fully productive and laying it flow. 
if if it wasn't a feature that was like felt as like natural, something like that would not happen. And then you listen to the song, and it's just something where a lot of fans that are just that know only Nico from Eskimo Cowboy, like myself, all of a sudden you hear something like this, and you see the like the range that this guy ends up having and what he also can bring to the table, but also still, you know, especially with all the Eskimo Cowboy stuff, have a lot of fun. It just adds in a so much more for this song as well, for changes, and of course for Savior, where you're you're not bringing in features just to bring in features. You're bringing in features because you want to work with these guys. They're they're not they're they're not friends. They're part of the band family at this point. I mean, it's yeah, it's pretty yeah. clear to see. <laughs> Absolutely. And it just it it works. It's these songs are these songs are powerful in their own right. But with working with your friends as well, working with your family members of the band, because you know Nico, Eddie, they call them the band fan, part of the band family. Mm. Working with them, it just brings much more of this holistic experience and brings a whole nother added element to your music from both those songs that really makes them stand out even more. So when it comes to using features, I'm just going to say it right now. You guys know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Thanks a lot. Yeah. It, it, it's not the, the typical feature you have, you know, even from the structure, um, we gave Nico a full chorus, you know, like the second Nico, mm -hmm. Nico Zalach of Eskimo got a full chorus where, where he sings on. And, um, that's not so typical in, in metal and metalcore features, you know, to, to give the feature guest a full, uh, full on chorus. And then um, again, a full verse and coming back in the bridge. So with Eddie adding his, his violin part, you know, in the bridge and singing the bridge part, um, they, they become the song, you know, they, they become, we are merging with them. So um I think you've seen that a lot now in in a very different genre. You know, it's like with the hip hop and and rap and trap game. You know, it's MG Kelly stuff. Um, they're doing it right. You know, they're really collaborating um, and giving giving their voices the place it needs. You know, in the song. And I think metal and rock can learn a bit more um, how to do a proper feature. You know, to just mm -hmm. yeah. To just don't give a shit about old rules, you know. You you always have the feature guest has to have the second verse every every time, you know, and nothing else. He gets bite in for just one verse, and that is so so old school. And um, yeah, we wanted to try something new, so the fans have a bit more of the feature guests. Yeah, and it, it makes it doesn't make them just like the a point of the song where it's like, oh, you know, you're gonna be drawn into the song just because their name's attached to it and they have a small part yeah. in it. It's especially with what you guys did. It's they they're not just there for the market. It's like they are there because they are part of the song and they are fully a part of it. And another example I'll bring up is uh, so the band Ra. They're from the U.S. Uh, they're one of their songs they released in 2021. It had Lejean Witherspoon from Seven Dust as a featured. Uh, as a featured artist yeah. on that. And I'm like, I'm interested to see what happens. I know uh, they're releasing a rise named Sahaj. He's very close with uh, Lejean. So I'm like, let's just see what happens. So I start listening to the song and Lejean has the first verse, pre-chorus and chorus. And it's just like, Crazy. and I had to ask him like, why did you like, why did you? He's like, yeah. well, he's like, Lejean's out here. Lejean does a great job. And it, his having him go first and then having me fully go second, it shows <laughs> the difference in the vocal, shows the difference in the emotion. Plus all of a sudden he's like, who the hell would expect the feature to be the first, like the first vocalist you hear yeah. on a song? And it's yeah. like you throw that like old, old like thought process and that old conventional wisdom completely out the window, 
and you create something that you know you actually have the feature be a part of the song and not just as the classic this is a feature from them no they actually are ingratiating that song you guys did it here with both eddie and with nico and it it worked absolutely worked nice thanks <laughs> and the one thing i will not hold out on you guys now is well i mentioned it earlier and i said i was going to bring it up at some point but when it yeah. came to going down when it came to the whole entire storytelling aspect of this album I think going down is the perfect example of how great storytelling is because once again, I had this whole entire like mind, like music video already producing and being played in my head while listening to this. That's how insane this was. Yeah, Nico, go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Going down was uh, written. Um, I think um, we started the tour in March, 2020. And we were like, um, yeah, we we needed to to end the tour because the. Um, are you guys still there? Because yeah, on my yeah. screen you're frozen. Please, we're still here. Yeah, we're still here. I'm picking up all your audio too. So maybe Jan can go ahead because <laughs> I can't see yeah, you guys yeah, right we're, now. We're just waiting for Nico to to come back in. Um. Yeah, what Nico wanted to say was that we were like three shows into our national tour here uh, when the pandemic hit. And um, that was the moment when we felt like, okay, the shit is going down, you know. Um, Nico, you're back there. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, 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 just, I just said that we were three shows into this national tour and yeah, Corona hit us very bad and shit was going down. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, we came back from the. I think it was um, so hard because we were like really playing the the or yeah driving to the to the third show. It was in Hamburg, and uh, the day started with us hanging out in our rehearsal room, and we were like, okay, should we really? drive to Hamburg right now because <laughs> will this show happen? Because the whole situation like um, changed in two or three days and it was like everything was closing, the whole social life was um, down and we were like, okay, we we couldn't imagine this uh, this show to 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 happen later that day. Um, yeah, but then we, we drove to Hamburg and um, yeah, we really played this show, um, to be honest. But um, yeah, right before the show, like 10 minutes before we went on stage, uh, the tour manager um, came like, and he was like, yeah, guys, the whole tour will be canceled um, because of Corona. Uh, yeah, it was like, okay, <laughs> a pretty intense uh, uh, yeah, show afterwards because it was like, okay, this will be the last show of this tour. <laughs> and we were like expecting to be uh, on tour for 10 days or more. So yeah. Um, then afterwards we drove back and it was, um, yeah, pretty, pretty hard to, yeah, to understand that, yeah, your whole life will be changed right now. And everything was down. And yeah, being like from, from 100 to zero in like <laughs> in like one day yeah. was was so hard for us, and I it think was, um, it was I started writing. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, okay, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I could 
actually feel on that drive to Hamburg that we were driving into um, yeah, a, a catastrophic area. You know, it's like you feel it was maybe comparing comparing to the U.S. Can you imagine you, you hear about uh, a tornado or something and you, you drive towards that tornado, you know, just because you have to, you know, that was driving to that show feeling like because we we already know didn't know that the, the situation was more worse than everyone was saying, you know. And we, we still had to drive to that fucking show because uh, if, you, if you don't show up, you know, you, you're, you, uh, your fee gets canceled and uh, you, maybe you get, um, yeah, get a bad, uh, bad talk after that with your management or something or with your label. Hey, why you do, guys don't show up to that show? And you say like, okay, we thought it get, gets canceled, you know? And um, I mean, it was like four hour drive, which is nothing so bad for you people in the US, you know, you drive like eight hours to a show, we just drive four hours to the next bigger city, you know, but that four hours felt like a lifetime, you know, because you just waited for for the tour manager to write you, okay, Hamburg is canceled, the show tonight is canceled, and um, yeah, that felt like just driving into yeah, a catastrophic situation, you know, and you can't, you can't avoid that, you have to do that. And um, yeah, that's where shit was going down. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I can absolutely relate to that feeling as well, just because again, when all that stuff was happening, it was this uncertainty of what was going on. And for, from, from like the fans perspective, it's, you know, from my, from my side of things, like, you don't, I had so many different concert tickets to so many shows for yeah. 2020. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's um like I think it was March seventh, and I went on this whole entire like St. Patrick's Day bar crawl with one of my best friends, and we had a blast. And no care in the world. Couple days later, all of a sudden we're seeing like the like the major uh like professional sports leagues, they just start suspending their seasons and shutting down. And we're just looking here and thinking, mm -hmm. okay, what? How bad is this gonna get? And I'm just thinking like, <laughs> I hope concerts don't get canceled. I hope they don't get canceled. I hope they don't get canceled. I go to one on the on a Saturday night. I'm like, okay, this might be my last one before this shit goes down for a little bit. I'm like, I might have one more in me. And then it got uh then it got postponed and I was pissed because the headliner was bad omens. And I'm just like, oh, oh to see that show. God but damn it. I was like, no. Yeah. I'm like, I missed out I on think, that. I, I think everyone on that panel felt felt the same on that Saturday, you know. That specific oh, yeah. Saturday was like for the 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 human beings like <laughs> the worst day in yeah, whatever it, time period now. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like we felt, you know, we felt nervous, but also at the same time, and this is where going down really hit me and like kind of where the emotion really took me was it just made me, like from that time frame, I just felt empty just because like there was things that, you know, I didn't know what was going on and things were going to like, like major things were going to be taken away from me. And during those couple, the first couple months of the pandemic, you know, once everything completely got shut down in March and then on the U.S. side, April, May, and then of late May, everything kind of started, you know, finally go opening back up at some capacity. But for those two months, there was just this overall feeling of emptiness and just lack of connection, just lack of anything, lack of any sort of feeling, just because you weren't sure what was going on. There were so many different emotions that you just weren't sure what to feel. So for me, I just felt all empty inside. I mean, I would, I, I, I saw my parents, I got to, you know, hang out with my best friend because him and I were roommates at the time. 
But when it came to seeing and really tank, like getting to connect with anybody else and going to like do the stuff I love, nope, that wasn't happening. So there was this whole feeling of just like emptiness and just real, just lack of just any sort of connection, any sort of feeling that was going on. There was no happiness. It wasn't even there was sadness either. There was just nothing inside. There was nothing. Yeah, I think uh, we all can relate to this. I think uh, for me, this this whole shit to uh, my nah, uh, situation was like first time. Um, yeah, really noticing how much um, music is really a part of your life. Like going, it, it was not only playing your own concerts for us; it was like our own shows. It was also. Uh, not having the possibility to go to other shows, um, to hang around with with friends. Um, the band, first of all, uh, we, we had no rehearsals in the first time because, yeah, no one knew how bad the situation really is. And we were like unsure if if it's a good idea to to meet each other because we are also from, from uh, different eras in Germany. Um, so it was, yeah, a really hard reality. Um, yeah, that's uh, your life's really depending so much on this one little thing, and that's music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was not easy to go through. But the one thing that kind of took me interesting was like through the storytelling like process of it. Like when I was listening to the song, like the music video that was going through my head because it related a lot to that just like emptiness feeling of things that were gone, for, like gone from you. But I didn't necessarily take it in the same stance of like you know with the pandemic and how everything got taken away. I took it a little yeah. more of like a relationship standpoint as well. So like all of a sudden, you know, the song opens up, has this like low guitar riff, has an ominous feel to it. Take us fully in the intro with more of this downtrodden melancholic appeal. And just all of a sudden, as the song was going on, like in my mind, all I was thinking of, like, I was thinking of this like setting where, you know, two people that are in a relationship, like they're in, like they're, you know, sleeping in bed. And I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, like sleeping together, like, like no, literally, you know, yeah. you're unconscious, you're getting your rest. And say, you know, somebody wakes up and you wake up and it's kind of like dark and gloomy in the room as like a setting. But and you wake up and you look at the other person and you just see and you just feel this feeling of emptiness. Like, you know, you're supposed to feel that love for this person, you're supposed to feel compassion for this person, you're supposed to feel just some sort of positivity for this person. But as time has gone on and this like certain whatever is going on has been deteriorating, you just feel nothing. You feel emptiness for them. And it feels like you're just kind of running out the clock at this point. And then as time goes on, especially as the like, my music video in my head, I was starting to pick up this piece like, okay, you know, you're trying to find a way to just get some of that feeling back, whatever it might be. Who knows what it is? It could be something very positive. It could be negative. I have no idea. But as time had gone on, it's like you're trying to rekindle that. But that emptiness is such a prevalent thing where when you try and rekindle that, it just doesn't seem fully there. And it's just kind of, you know, you have this feeling of just sometimes you have to just let that go. And when it came to the pandemic, there's a lot of things where it felt like at that time, it's like, we're just empty. It's just like, we're going to have to let these go and, you know, not associate with them. And it's, it was hard because even with time, with certain things with music as well, with concerts, I was always wondering like, what am I going to be able to go to my next show? What am I going to be able to go and, you know, potentially probably get hurt in a mosh pit because that's usually what happens to me if I jump into those things. You never know what happens. And of course, all of a sudden, 2021 rolls back around, mosh pits get going again, and I'm just like, or concerts go back in. First mosh pit I jump into, I get whacked, and I'm just like in the head in the first like 10 seconds. I'm just like, oh, it's go time. And it looks like go yeah. dropped off, unfortunately. But Oh, yeah, just go ahead. No, I'll, I, just keep, I I know, can, I'll just keep going. I but, like, there. Yeah. but all of a sudden, it's like, you know, now that this stuff is back, I'm like, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I don't care what happens to me. And then in 2021 with uh, 
finally getting that feel of like, you know, that rejuvenation back, that concert back. Mm-hmm. I end up getting a concussion in a mosh pit for bad omens, and I break my <laughs> finger during really? the be- right at the beginning of an of a Ask Alexandria Day to Remember tour, where Ask Alexandria went on first five seconds, break my finger. Shoot. I, I tape it to the but, side of my finger. All of a sudden, you know, I'm wait just like, you know, I'm yeah. kind of holding off from the pit, but I'm like, I still have this feeling like I want to jump in there because I've missed out on so much like, like feeling emptiness is gone. I don't want to lose it. <laughs> a day remember goes on. I mosh for an hour and a half with a broken finger and I succeeded. I'm just like, I'm back. Woo! <laughs> so like congratulations came, on that one. <laughs> oh, so like when it came to going down as well, like again, the feeling of emptiness just really overtook the whole entire song. If you relate it to more of that relationship, it's kind of like looking at the person that you're in a relationship with and just not feeling anything for them anymore mm-hmm. and trying to wonder why that is so that's where the music video kind of played just that relationship kind of just you're seeing just this lack of feeling this emptiness that's there and then if any kind of potential to try and rekindle that just creates more and more of this depth and this emptiness and this shadow that just gets cast over it similar to sort of like you know uncertainty of what's going on with this whole entire pandemic that everything gets shut down and it seems like so, like nothing's coming back. It seems like things just keep getting pushed back further and further. It seems like we're not going to get the things back that we love. That shadow just keeps casting over and over again. And that feeling of emptiness just keeps growing inside of you. Yeah. It's yeah. 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 Nico. Uh, pretty interesting that uh, this was like the kind of uh, feeling you've, uh, you, you get when, when hearing the song, because uh, to be honest, uh, it was really like um, Mormons, like, um, yeah, describing the, the the whole social situation it was really, really connected uh, to the pandemic. That's why um, I started to tell the story um, where we came back from tour. And um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's some kind of true um, that a lot of emptiness uh, was there while writing the song because it was like um, one or two weeks after this uh the this whole thing started and it was like uh alone in uh, our rehearsal room um we have there like a little um space for uh recording and it was like really though really sitting there um yeah trying to write um music and it was like trying to to get this feeling that was right there in my heart this this kind of situation into uh, into the music and it was was like really really hard for me because yeah it's like you said a lot of emptiness and uh uncertain feelings you 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 really don't know are you like angry because you just can't go outside and do what you want are you like afraid because you might die or not or i don't i don't fucking know it was like really really hard to to express what was happening in your mind or in this case in my mind and um yeah it was for me like um, this could be like a, a, a ground zero, like a, a, a new start for everyone. And maybe this whole situation might be like one of the last chances to really to really um, get this world to a, to a better level, to another level. And um, yeah, so so this whole song with Alvin, it's like, yeah, it, it began with when I woke up, everything was different. And that's fucking true. It was like you woke up and it was like, damn, the whole world changed. And yeah, can we get this to, can we get, can we fix this one more time? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what was more kind of um, the feeling I had when writing this song. 
But yeah, so interesting to hear uh, how other people like uh, interpreted this, uh, this song. <laughs> yeah, and, and the best yeah, part about totally. it is like, I'll say the best part about it is you're seeing like, seeing the interpretation that you have with it. And of course, the way you wrote it, seeing the interpretation that I took from it again when you feel like that core feeling of the whole entire song, that core emotion that you have in there, that's what comes out as such a strong point to really connect so many things in this, this album. And again, like at the beginning mm-hmm. of the podcast, I said, you know, this album like already is easily top 10 contention for album of the year, 2022 in my mind. <laughs> I, I mean, I was not lying on this because as we kind of bring that this, is to so a close, crazy. I'll say this, as we bring this podcast to a little bit of a close, one thing I like to do, especially if there's like new albums that I, or new music, new albums, whatever it is, I like to always like give this overall encompassing things for, you know, listeners to hold on to. It's like, okay, what, when you really kind of look at this album or look at this song, what is it for this one? It's an album. And then also for you guys to basically like, okay, you know, here, if I put this out press release style. So this is what I have for you guys. I'm going to read this off exactly as I wrote it. I put Jesus <laughs> Christ. Did breathe Atlantis have to go this hard emotionally for us? This metalcore band took concepts of inner turmoil caused by both yourself and your relationships with others all around and told their stories with such power, elegance, and veracity that no stone was left unturned. I got emotional during Overdrive based on its incredible construction of a heavier verse to show vindictive anger forming into desperation despair that an emotional chorus with a pitch and a little bit maybe of a key change well from the pre-chorus perfectly encapsulates the fear and despair of maybe failing to fight your inner demons. Only for that breakdown to turn that vindictive anger into confidence to break down those walls and break down those demons completely. Changes in Savior take the features of both Eddie Burke from Eminence to provide a new set just to, uh, to show some more of this like troubling nature of someone who hurt you trying to come back. And then using Nico from Eskimo Cowboy on changes to expand on the idea that we aren't the only ones dealing with people potentially trying to change us. Going down paints that picture ahead of like, you know, waking up next to something and just like waking up and just feeling this emptiness and just not necessarily sure what to go forward with anymore. And you can easily paint a music video for the song in your head from the song on the first go based on the imagery created with the lighter instrumentals and Nico's vocals in the pre-chorus reminding me of Craig Mabin from Escape the Fate hanging on emotional tone to make this absolutely happen. This album is an absolute emotional trip guided so well by the band. If you are not a fan of the band before, you will be a fan now. They completely won me over with this album. This is already on my list for top 10 of 2022, along with the band Envisions, who've been on the podcast as well. So, holy crap, guys. This is <laughs> one hell of an album, and I was not going to short anything on that. Like, w- when I say that this album completely won me over on Breathe Atlantis, th- it, there's there's no doubt in my mind that like this was just something that was an incredible trip. Again, going through and working on this album, really diving deep into it. One of the quickest ones I've ever dove in deep, like dove deep to in 2022. But it wasn't because I wanted to get through it that quickly. It was because I was so intensely into it that I could not stop listening. I could not stop writing down my thoughts. I could not stop typing. This was incredible. That's the best. Thank put it. This you is so incredible. much. God damn it! If you if you can see how how red my my face is all that <laughs> lovely comments right now on the podcast it's uh yeah it's uh it's it's so sweet of of, of yours um and uh we we never thought about reaching or or having so much reach with our music to to get in touch with people from across the world you know and um it, it's so crazy for us as a small band from yeah small germany you know to to um yeah to set emotions free in in other people 
from yeah from the US and from from everywhere on the on the planet you know it's um, nothing we really expected to be honest and um, yeah nothing we we really um, or it was it was not our main goal to to be famous with that music or to 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 get heard it was on the first on the first purpose it was for for ourselves it was a therapy you know it was just we just wanted to do it because you know you can you can write something off of your soul and get rid of all the problems or i i don't know if you get rid of all these problems but you know you can just share them with the world and yeah wh whoever uh gets in touch with that music and likes that music is welcome to um be part of a family and that was the main purpose and now um yeah people from around the world talk to us and and share the their thoughts with 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 us on on that album and have visions about music videos that is fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's nice to hear really thank you kevin Oh, you're, you're very welcome. And guys, as we bring this to a close, one thing I like to do at the end of the podcast is give you guys a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So Jan and Nico, the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks for listening to to our music. Thanks to, to listening to Breathe Atlantis. Um, we're from Germany, from a small town in Essen, and we feel very flattered to um yeah to be on the big screen now and to share our our vision our emotions and our problems with the world uh through our uh yeah hard and heavy music and um yeah we would love to continue to do that to write further music and um yeah to give something back to the people you know and to help people around the world thanks a lot well, thank you guys. And as I close out this podcast, I always close out with three things. And yes, there's going to be three things for this one. So number one, the new album from Breathe Lance Overdrive comes out on March 18th. If you're watching YouTube video, if you look at the bottom of the screen, it's going to be there the whole entire time. So you're not going to be able to miss out on it. And when it comes to Breathe Lance, I mean, this album is absolutely incredible. So you're going to want to become a fan of the band easily. You're going to become a fan of the band. You're going to want to follow them on all their socials. You're going to watch all those music videos. You're going to want to do everything. You're going to want to, you know, Connect them, buy some merch. You want to buy this album, stream it, download, whatever it might be. But I also know people as well. You want the easiest convenience as possible. You're like, oh, I don't want to look all this stuff up. Kevin, can you look up this stuff for me? Well, yeah, I'm going to. Look at the description of the podcast. It's going to say, find Breathe Atlantis online. You're going to see links and labels for all their socials, where you can watch the videos on YouTube, where you can stream the music, download music, buy the music, where you can get some merch, where you can get, you know, if they got a vinyl press out there because, well, this thing needs a new vinyl in it. So, and after listening to this album, yeah, there's going to be a, you know, a Breathe Lance Overdrive being played on that thing, you know, as soon as I can get my hands on it. So you're going to want to do that as well. Everything's going to be in the description of the podcast for you. So like their stuff, share their stuff, listen to their stuff, subscribe to all their stuff, everything. It's all there for you. Now it's time for number two, guys. And whenever I have guests on the podcast that I've absolutely enjoyed having the podcast, I like to tend to make a certain promise to them because... I like, I love doing this stuff and this is more of like a thank you for you guys being on the podcast as well. And to, you know, I, I'd love to continue to do stuff like this. So my promise to you guys is this, it doesn't start with if, cause if is implying that this ain't gonna, this might happen. This might not happen. I like to say when, cause when implies that this is going to happen, but we still don't know the time frame yet. 
So when I get to see you guys perform live for the first time, when I can see Breathe Lance perform live for the first time, whether it's over here in the United States, because maybe all of a sudden, you know, I know Eskimo Cowboy is coming over here in October, November, and I think they're still looking for an openers. And uh, <laughs> if I see Breathe Atlantis on there, I'm going to be like, well, this is going to be easier for me. But if it's not in the U.S., or if I make it over to Europe, which I'm, I'm trying to make it back over to Europe and see a good amount of shows, my promise to you guys is when I see you perform live for the first time, the first round is on me. In the oh, most nice. pit, I hope. <laughs> right. Oh, oh you, you guys will see me in the pit. I'll find you guys at the bar afterwards, and I'll buy you guys the first beer. Okay, okay. We're gonna set. We're gonna set you with a guest list spot, of course. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it can. Um, it can just just be some some weeks or some some months till that will happen. Maybe I don't know. But um, yeah, it would be awesome to have you on our show. If you see someone in your show get hurt in a mosh pit and then be like, it's okay, it's okay. And it's like, okay, he's wearing a weird it's hat. Kevin. He's, wearing a, yeah, he's wearing a baseball cap backwards in the pit. Okay, there's some guy hurt. Who is it? Oh, it's Kevin. Oh, we know he'll be fine. Even if he broke his finger, his hand, or his arm or something, he'll just tape it up and he'll be good. And we'll see him at the bar afterwards. That's all that matters. Just, just, give him, just giving him a drink at the bar. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> German beer will fix this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just beer. Give me maybe some gin. I'll be able to fix this. If it, if it's really serious, I'll take tequila. <laughs> just okay, we're good. So Jan and Nico, thank you for being on the podcast again. And because I would love to have you guys back in the podcast in the future. Not only that, but I mean, I made the promise to you. I'm gonna make good on that promise. Saying goodbye seems way too final for this. I'm gonna end it with how I like to always end this. See you later, guys. <laughs> See you later, Kevin. Thanks later. for having Thanks us. For having and us. people, check out the Court Progression podcast. <laughs> well, folks, that was my interview with Nico and Jan from the band Breathe Atlantis. Remember, their brand new overdrive comes out on March 18th of 2022. So you don't want to forget about that because that'd be bad if you did. So what you can do is you can go in the description of the podcast. There's a thing that says Find Breathe Atlantis Online. There are links and labels for everything from their social media accounts where you can watch your YouTube videos, watch, you know, those music videos that they have that are out there that are crazy, especially the one with changes. And Nico from Eskimo Cowboy, along with Xavier and Eddie from Eminence, you're going to want to watch those and watch the one for Overdrive. That's my favorite one, probably. On top of that, you're going to want to, you know, buy the album, stream the album, download the album. You're going to want to buy some merch. You're going to want to check them out. You're going to want to get to know when they go out on tour and you're not going to miss out. You're going to become a fan of the band. So click on all those links and follow, like, share, subscribe, listen, download, stream, whatever it is for the music. Buy some merch. It's all there for you. Do not forget to subscribe to the Core Progression Podcast as well as we are right here on YouTube for you. If you're watching the video, uh, new episodes every single Tuesday and Thursday. You can also subscribe to the audio stream of the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. So all the description of the podcast are below, along with our social links for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, along with TikTok as well. I should mention TikTok because, you know, we're doing a little short stuff on TikTok with these, you know, podcast videos. And, ooh, it's going to be fun. That's where marketing is going to come in. Woo, marketing. Also, thank you to Phoenix Sense and Custom Debuts for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, link description below for them and their promo codes for you to check out. Closing out this podcast, I mean, Breathe Atlantis, uh, they've completely won me over with this album, without a doubt. It, it, they kind of won me over from Overdrive, just the second song on the album, and then going through it every single The storytelling, 
just the emotion behind this thing, just the way that everything flows together on each song is fantastic. They do not miss a beat on here. Top 10 for 2022 for sure at the moment, along with two other bands, or actually three other bands we've had in the podcast for top 10 for 2022 at this moment, with Deadlock by Envisions, Eulogies by Wolves at the Gate, and Welcome Home by Varsity. So... Those are four albums you check out, but check out Overdrive by Breathing Lance. When it comes out on March 18th, 2022, you will not be disappointed. You know we're not going to let you forget about it either. So on that note, that's going to be it for me today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes. The big, healthy, and hearty. See you yeah.